0: garb so we need a roman soldier sword shield loincloth we need the whole thing Um, no yeah we need that so if you guys have a bible if you want to turn to me to romans chapter 12 that's what we're going to look at today romans chapter 12 um kara also mentioned that we're going to have some um a men's and a woman's lunch coming up soon and um that literally is a last minute thing that we planned and here's why we're doing that because i've had a couple people ask Um, is is we are going to invite people to be a part of starting church again. And so uh, the men's one is on the uh, 15th, August 15th, and the women's one is on the 8th. Uh, The 15th will be at uh, the Cardoza's house. Stacy's sitting, hiding over here. It's going to be her house in Staten. And her husband has said, I, I asked him last night, if you guys want to bring guns and target practice there, you may do so. And um, that will be for adult men 18 and up, and we're just going to hang out and I'm going to invite you to some positions of serving and invite you to some positions of leadership and we'll just hang out there. The women's one, um, it is yet to be determined where that will be. There is someone here in this auditorium that I'm going to ask if we can have the women's lunch at their house. Should I ask right now? So that way they're really put off. Okay, no, that'd be horrible. Okay, so there's a woman's one we're going to ask if we can have there too. And, and ladies, the only purpose of that, again, is we're going to invite you to serve and we're going to invite you to positions of leadership as we as we run forward uh, with the gospel, with the church this fall, because we're excited to be the church. And so that's what we're going to be doing. If you're a leader, we have a lunch for you too in a couple of weeks, um, right after church on Sunday and two weeks from today, actually. And we're going to be... Um, just kind of huddling with you and letting you know what in the world does it look like to be a church right now. So be praying for our churches. Um, I'm meeting with a pastor today who uh, doesn't have a place to meet. Uh, Churches that have been meeting in schools can no longer do that. So it's a difficult time. So be in prayer for people who are trying to be the church in the world that we live in today. So let's get to this series. Uh, COVID concerns. We've looked at four things. And we're going to look at the fifth thing today. The four things we've been looking at are just simply things that COVID-19 has revealed, not things that are new, uh, but things that have always kind of been the underlying uh, issues within our culture that have now been exposed. One of those things is this idea of fear. And so we encouraged you um, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, to um, make sure that we are elevating faith above fear, because fear is not from God. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to have some some t-shirts that actually say faith over fear um, that you can buy. We're not trying to make profit. If there is any profit, they'll go towards youth ministry. But we'll have some faith over fear t-shirts that we're going to be uh, having available to you. You can order them online. We'll have them here at our physical campus as well. But we talked about faith over fear. We then looked at this idea that a virtue in our culture today is is safety. And while safety is a very important virtue, um, that risk is also very important. And if we do not take risks, the greatest risk we would be taking is that we would risk actually ever living our lives or not actually ever living our lives in order to avoid the risk of death, which we will all die. Uh, Number three was this idea of kingdom of God over the empires of this world. This is the thing I think we're seeing the most of all right now, is that if we're not careful, uh, we could elevate nationalism, we could elevate um, the Republican or the Democrat party over the kingdom of god and so we want to put the kingdom of god over the empires of this world and then last week we talked about this idea of community over isolation that we were not meant to be isolated we were meant to be in community and so we need to take some steps to be in community all the more as we see the day approaching and so today uh, we're going to wrap this up with an idea of apathy uh, mission specifically over apathy and so i want a kid to answer the question what does it mean to be apathetic or what does apathy mean so if you're a kid 12 or under would you raise your hand if you know what apathy is or what it means to be apathetic okay josh what did he say energetic Energetic. it's actually yeah it's it's the opposite what else anybody know what it means to have apathy or to be apathetic brianna do you know what it means to be apathetic Sonia, do you know? No? No, you don't know? David? What does it mean? What? Don't care? Yeah, that is that is right, actually. Yeah. To be apathetic means that you don't care. Did your mom help you? Maybe? Okay, so yeah, to be apathetic means that you don't care. So we're going to look at this idea of, of mission over apathy. And I'll share some of my struggles uh, that I have had during this uh, last four months, it is that while many of us were super social people, wanted to be around people constantly, wanted to go to church, wanted to serve, wanted to go to work, wanted to go to school, wanted to do these things, a lot of us have become completely apathetic. Um, and so maybe where before you would have been very excited to go over to family or friend's house for the 4th of July or to Memorial Day, and even under the most safe conditions, you might just be like, I don't really know if I want to go. Or or maybe before, a friend used to get together with you for coffee or lunch, and because you've been by yourself for so long, you've become apathetic and are just simply like, I don't know if I want to get together with my friends. I don't know if I want to celebrate my birthday this year. How many of you have had a birthday during quarantine? Any of you guys had a birthday? Yeah, it stinks. It's like, almost what? so like, what's the point? No, no one can celebrate me right now and so it's difficult we become apathetic and so we just wrestle with this idea of, of what's actually the point of anything right now um, i don't really want to do my school work because it's distance learning i don't really want to go to work because i was just getting paid 600 bucks a week extra for work and so it's it's hard to get back to the way that things were and, and a lot of you had big dreams and big aspirations before COVID 19. Um, some of your big dreams and aspirations were, you know, sports next year or were going to college for the first time next year or, heck, even graduating high school this year. Uh, these were aspirations and dreams that you had. I know for, for my daughter, her biggest aspiration for this year was to go to youth camp for the first time. And, and there can't be camps. And so it was like, ah, you know, so all these dreams and aspirations that were difficult to obtain. And so kind of now the question is this. It just, well, now what? what's the point? How many of you have thought that? Like, what's the point anymore? I I have, what's the point? Or or now what? Like, should we just kind of give up? Should we just kind of resign to just being this new way and not doing anything anymore? And so that got me thinking about the idea of mission. And so uh, the mission of Jesus in Matthew 28, uh, it's this. Jesus said to his disciples, which is us, by the way, he says, go make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He says, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And he says, essentially, don't worry, I'm with you to the very end of the age. And so Jesus tells us to go. And so when we are at our most apathetic, Jesus still tells us to go. When we are at our most weakest point, Jesus still tells us to go. We are to go and make disciples. And so as a result of that, if you've been around our church for a while or ever been to a newcomer's lunch, here, here's our mission statement as a church. Most, most churches and companies have mission statements. Our mission statement is to uh, connect people to an everlasting, committed relationship with Jesus Christ and with others. That's, that's why we exist. We want to connect people to Jesus. And we have a vision to do that. And now when you look at that in comparison to COVID-19 and the world that we live in, it's like, well, what does the mission look like now? And what does our vision look like? And does a vision have to change? So listen to our vision as a church. It's this, it's to be a multiplying movement of passionate followers of Jesus who impact their community and beyond with grace, love, and hope. And so what does it look like to multiply in a a COVID-19 world? One thing I've actually been encouraged by, if I can share, is that before COVID-19, churches were getting... um, smaller and smaller because they were multiplying into multiple churches in an area instead of just one larger gathering. And that's been our goal is to start other churches in our city. And now in a COVID-19 world, we can see that's actually a little bit more of a valuable thing because there are then smaller groups of people meeting together for worship and for the word and for community and for service. And so as I look at our own vision as a church, I even look at the world we're in and say, even if this continues, this actually makes more sense now is to be a multiplying movement. And so right before we hit um, th- this particular season that we're in, uh, man, our church had some amazing momentum. I was I was looking back at some cool events, even in the year 2020, when we all thought this was our year. Um, how many of you remembered uh, the weekend where uh, Danny Looney came and, and ministered to our, our church? I was like, was that, that was so cool. And um, uh, Trina's over with him right now, because she serves for Rock Bottom Hope, and um I know Trina's watching right now they sold out of like every firework they had uh, to raise funds for rock bottom hope I was gonna try and have a fireworks booth for Fellowship Church and I was like there's not gonna be fireworks this year well we missed out on a boom time <laughs> and so so uh, you know good job um, Danny and Alicia and Trina and team and so I was thinking back as well um, you know, as a church, we, we had our, our beloved friend Trina had her retirement for the Navy, and her, her family came here. And I just remember the weekend that her family was here. We just had this amazing worship service and this time of starting to work in the gifts of the Spirit and begin to prophesy and give words of knowledge over people. And it's like, God, I want more of that. Give us, give us more. We, we want more. Um, then I think one of the final times we met, uh, we had one of my friends that was here from the fellowship network. Our church was a part of, and he was here actually shooting a a video about our church and that video he's, he's working on the final editing touches, but it's just like, God, I want to go back there. And God doesn't want us to go back though. God wants us to go forward. He, He wants us to move forward into where he's calling us. And so, um, the church had big plans, And I would say God still has big plans for this church and for every church. And so don't lose hope because God's plans for us are good. And though we may be going through a difficult time, his plans for us are still good. His plans are still for us to prosper. It might look different, but if we're truly trusting God and moving in his ways, in a lot of ways, it actually has to be better because he said that he will work all things together for good to those who love him. And I've lost sight of that. Have any of you lost sight of that during this time? Like, does, is God really working this for good? Is God really working all of this for good? And so, uh, if you can go to Romans chapter 12, verse 11, uh, we're going to read this two passages of scripture, then we'll, we'll wrap up with a time of worship and lunch and bouncy castles. But look at Romans chapter 12, verse 11. This is what I had put on my heart as we were beginning uh, to to look at this idea of apathy. So Paul writes to the church in Rome, and keep in mind the church in Rome is Christians who live in the city of Rome. So they're living in the Roman Empire. Uh, they're living in a place where there is utmost persecution, where you could be put in prison for being a Christian. You could be put in prison for having church. You could be crucified upside down. You could be beheaded or fed to lions or forced to fight gladiators. This is the church that Paul is writing to. And he says this he says do not be slothful in zeal so don't be slothful in zeal and slothful is not a word that we use very often anymore but it just means like don't don't be lazy don't be apathetic in zeal don't just stop caring like David said but don't be slothful in zeal and so because we've got kids with us today zeal is that a word you've ever used before zeal Um, paisley have you ever used the word zeal before what do you think it means You don't know? So, yeah, zeal. What does zeal actually mean? Don't be slothful in zeal. Um, how many adults, do you even know what the word means, zeal? What does it mean, Hannah? Passionate, excitement. Yeah, it's like we use the word zealous sometimes to we'll say people are overzealous. Um, I was talking with, with my friend Nathan before the service, and we were talking about how um, one one area we see that word in is like in um, with Islamic culture. Sometimes we'll say they have very religious zeal. Uh, in particular, when it comes to uh, sects of that movement that might engage in terrorism, we'll say they're very zealous for their faith. Uh, one of Jesus's disciples uh, was a zealot against the Roman Empire. But, but here's this word zeal. It says, don't be slothful in zeal. So I was like, what does that mean? And so I looked up uh, the Greek word for zeal. Duane, do you know what it is, by the way? No, you're wrong. <laughs> The the word for zeal is this word spude spude, and I was like, well, what does that mean? And that this word spude it means um, haste, or with haste. It means earnestness, diligence, earnestness in accomplishing, promoting, or striving after anything, to give all diligence, interest oneself most earnestly. So to to be zealous to have zeal is much like what Hannah said, it's it's to be excited about something, it is to take something seriously, it is to act with urgency, it is to act with haste, it it is to act with with like it actually matters to get work accomplished. And so um, for your kids at home that you use as, as your labor to do chores, like you want your kids to do chores zealously. With haste, they they want to please their parents. They want to get it done earnestly and with diligence, just like my kids. They they love to serve me, and they love they love to quickly see how how much haste they can um, they can exercise when they are doing chores. They like especially with the litter box and vacuuming, all those things. They love it, and so we're to act with zeal. So he says, do not be slothful in acting with haste. He says, be fervent in spirit. So the opposite of of to act with haste is to be fervent, to to, to be very serious in spirit. And he says here, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. And so when, when you are tempted to be apathetic, when you're tempted to not move forward, when you're tempted to not go on, Just remember that these Christians in Rome who face death for meeting together as a church or even just merely being Christians at all or proclaiming the name of Jesus over Caesar, Paul says, don't be slothful in zeal. Act with haste. Preach the gospel. Go and make disciples. We should be fervent in spirit. Instead of serving Caesar, we need to serve the Lord. We need to be moving forward. We need to be rejoicing in the hope that we have because the hope that we have is in the return of Christ. That's why Romans 5 says suffering actually leads to endurance. And endurance actually leads to character, and character actually leads to hope. And so let's be fervent in these things. And he says this, be constant in prayer. But as I've been struggling during this time, I'm like, what's the point of even praying sometimes? How many of you ever think that? Like, we're praying, we're not seeing the answers we want. But here Paul says, don't give up, don't be apathetic, be fervent in spirit, and be constant in prayer. And the final verse of this, it's Galatians 6. Paul says something similar. This to a church in Galatia, a Roman province, again, where it was very taboo to be a follower of Jesus. He says, don't grow weary in doing good. I I text my sister this morning, and and basically, uh, just to summarize what I said is, I have grown weary in doing good. During this time, I have grown weary. How many of you have grown weary in doing good? Like, again, I'm so apathetic. What's the point? So he says, don't grow weary in doing good. For in due season we will reap. So as you are fervent in actually doing good, here Paul says you will receive blessing for it. And he says that you will reap the blessings if you don't give up. And so if you have become apathetic and just think, what's the point? What's worth it anymore? Why should we move on? Why should we do this or this? Paul says, hey, just keep going don't grow weary in doing good just keep swimming just keep moving forward just keep pushing on do not give up and oftentimes it's at the very moment when we want to give up that breakthrough is just on the other side how many of you have given up on something before and you missed out on breakthrough You, you maybe you, you quit a job too quickly uh, you, you left a ministry too soon you you entered a relationship before you should have But he says here, don't, don't give up. He says, so then as we have an opportunity, let us do good to everyone. And especially to those who are of the household of faith. So don't grow weary in doing good. And so during the season where we could become apathetic to our mission, to go and make disciples, to connect people with Jesus, Paul says, don't grow weary in that be fervent in spirit. Don't be apathetic. Don't lose your zeal for Jesus, but keep on pushing forward. Keep on keeping on. Don't give up because there is a reward. There is a blessing on the other side. So keep pushing forward. And he says this, um, do good to everyone. And so you say, pastor, who should I do good to? Well, try to do good to people not like you. Try to do good to those who you may disagree with the most. Jesus says, love our enemies. Pray for those who persecute us. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, which we're looking at next week, it says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. In fact, if somebody has flesh and blood, they're not the enemy. The enemy is the enemy. So do good to everyone. And here Paul says, especially of those who are of the household of faith especially do good to your brothers and sisters in Christ. And sometimes within churches, we say, do good to our neighbors, do good to those who are unbelievers. And yes, absolutely, and amen. But the Bible actually says, make sure you're taking care of your own. Because when you take care of your own, Jesus says, by that people will know that you are my disciples. So I am going to take time to thank you as a church, thank you who who are watching online, for doing good to those who are of the household of faith. You've stepped up You've served, you've given, you've helped, you've cooked, you've fed, you have clothed, you have done good to those who are of the household of faith. But during this time where it looks like, well, we can't do any normal kind of outreach, let us also not forget to do good to not just those of the household of faith, but to do good to everyone. And don't give up if you want to give up because there is blessing, not only for those you will bless, but there's blessing for yourself. So I'll invite Casey to come up and um, exit us out with a song. But if if I could ask you guys who are here, and even if you're joining online, if you could just kind of take some time if you need to close your eyes or just zone off so you're not focusing to the people around you, but if you could focus in on these last words I'd like to say. Who, who is a kid who can read really well? Bentley, you can. Come, you want to come up here with me for a second? Can you read something for me? So, so Bentley here, you you can. your mom and dad will see this too, so you can look right at this camera right here, okay, when you read this. So I just read this verse, Galatians 6, 9, and 10. Is it big enough to see? Yeah. Do you need your glasses? I don't have glasses. Okay, good. Doesn't need them yet. So read that verse, Galatians 6, 9, and 10. Do not be slothful and zeal. Oh, uh, the next, this one here, Galatians. The one right under it, so good job. And let us grow not weary of doing good for in due season. was wow, i wearing this. In due season, uh, that's right. Um, whoa, we just lost it. We'll start over, because I'm messing him up. So, so this, all, this whole thing there, okay? And let us not grow weary of doing good for due seasons we will reap if we do not give up so then as we opportunity we as we have opportunity uh-huh. let us do good to everybody and especially those who are of the house household, household of faith house of, especially them yeah thanks bentley good job man Woo! now the words we don't use household we don't use very often so you know let, hear it from me hear it from bentley hear it from paul uh hear it from the holy spirit don't grow weary in doing good. If you don't give up, you'll reap a reward. Do good to everyone, especially of those who are of the household of faith, whenever you have an opportunity. And so this is where I'd like you to really focus in here for a second. As a church, we have some, some DNA statements that we put together to make sure that like, this is how we behave as a church. Some biblical concepts that we put cheesy phrases to so that we would not forget. And I think I've forgotten some. And here's the one that I have forgotten, it's this. Listen carefully. This idea, we ride waves and roll with punches. We ride waves and we roll with punches. What does that mean, Pastor? Well, riding waves is like surfing. It's like good times. But rolling with punches, it's, it's being able to really stand up even when things are not going your way. And so here's what this DNA statement says. We ride waves and roll with punches. We don't play it safe. We have big faith to step in to the water to ride the waves of momentum. But if we grow weary in doing good, if we become slothful in zeal, I think, here, here's what I believe prophetically, I want to say this, I believe that there are some times of waves coming, some times of momentum, that if we stay apathetic like we are, we're going to miss. There are new opportunities at hand. There is a new day in front of us. There are new um, things to move into as a society, as a culture, as a nation, and especially as Christians, and especially as the church. And so we don't play it safe. We have big faith to step into the water to ride the waves of momentum. We had some pastors join us for our worship night a couple of weeks ago, and one of them is going to teach me how to surf. And, and the Oregon coast scares me a little bit. And, and but But no, we don't play it safe. We have big faith to step in to the water to ride the waves of momentum because it's in momentum where we see God moving and we see the blessing. But then the statement says this, and we have big faith to step up when life gets tough. And you guys have done a good job at that. You've stepped up when life got tough. Some of you over the last couple of years, you've lost a dear loved one. You've experienced or encountered divorce. You may be a child that, that's had to move back and forth between, between two parents that love you greatly, but there are just times are just hard sometimes. You, you had to stop going to school mid-year. You may still be laid off or furloughed. You don't know if your industry's coming back, but we've got to have a big faith that steps up even when life gets tough. And so what I want to invite you to do, Fellowship Church, for those here and those joining online and those who will listen to the podcast or watch later, would you please ride waves Would you please take the opportunity to step into the water and ride the waves of momentum? And then would you please stand up when life gets tough? And after you've done everything to stand, after you've done everything you can to not grow slothful in zeal, what does Paul say? He says, keep standing. You keep standing. Don't give up because there's reward and blessing ahead. Do you receive that message today? Yeah, let's let's pray. God, we thank you for um, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for uh, its truth. Um, God, I know that I have been incredibly tempted uh, to be apathetic. I've been incredibly tempted to give up. But you tell me, don't be slothful, Anthony. Don't be slothful in zeal, in earnestness, in passion. You you told us to be fervent in spirit. Be fervent in spirit. You told us to serve you, God. Lord, you told us not to grow weary in doing good. And um, God, there's some weary people at the sound of my voice right now. I'm weary. But your word says don't grow weary in doing good. So God, for any tired person here, just wants to go to sleep lay down wait for you to return i pray god you'd wake them up wake up the sleeping giant that is the church and help us again to not grow weary in doing good but god we pray that um, whenever there's an opportunity we would do good to our community our neighbors to, to everyone and God, this, it would be foolish of me not to bring this to you or to bring it to our people, that we are an incredibly divided people. We are an incredibly divided nation and world. And Lord, there is great validity to all the division. There, there's great things to be passionate about, I think, that we would all agree with. But Lord, I think if we're not careful, that's a distraction from you. It's a distraction from your kingdom. You told us, seek first your kingdom, seek first your righteousness. And then you said, all these things will be added to you. So God, while we pray for and seek change in the world around us, it means nothing if our own heart has not changed. So change our heart, awaken us, remove us from our slothfulness and our apathy. And because you told us to go and because you told us to do good may we as we close the series God may we put mission over apathy may we take great steps of faith and not be fearful to move ahead may we not elevate safety above the real risk it takes to reach others with the gospel Lord I pray we would not elevate our nation our party Our candidate the empires of this earth over your kingdom because it's your kingdom that we are petitioning to Lord I pray we would not isolate ourselves but we would continue to meet together all the more as we see your day approaching and God may it be so be it that we would put mission over apathy go make disciples connect people to you connect people to others God let that be our mission And may we get out of our bed to accomplish it. Not grow weary, not be slothful, but fervent in spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: As we sing this next song, I want to invite you guys to really just um, pray the words that we're singing. Uh, The chorus says, through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. And I feel like it just really connects with the message today that um, rolling with those punches and riding the waves and just keeping our eyes on Christ through all of that and through it all it is well Um, I just feel like that really resonates with me after the message today just knowing that it is all well because of Christ so if you just would join me in singing that and um, have that be a prayer that we can just focus and um, know that Christ will sustain us through this and we can keep our eyes on him through anything that we're going through. Grand earth is shaken before Moved by the sound of your voice, seas that are shaken and stirred can be calm and broken for my regard. Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. Through it all. as well even when my eyes can't see and this mountain that's in front of me will be thrown into
2: Anthony talks about apathy Um, when I first started coming to fellowship I was very apathetic and I had a really terrible attitude so very little has changed Um, but I had been here for a couple series and then Anthony started a series on apathy and I honestly thought that my husband was telling Anthony things about me because every sermon I was like dang it I do that and um, I have been apathetic for a long time again um, I took a sabbatical at the beginning of this year and I thought that that would help I thought I just needed a rest but it actually just made me kind of more apathetic and it it caused some other issues and I don't like who I am when I'm apathetic and I don't like my relationship with God when I'm apathetic Um, so I hope that you can all take something and that you can evaluate from what Anthony said today. Um, So a couple things for after this service is they are starting to make burgers it's gonna be a few minutes so just hang out and visit Um, and if you are new please fill out that connection card we have a gift for you we also want to meet you and if you accepted Christ today, whether in person or online, please let us know whether through a Facebook message or coming and talking to us. So have a great day, guys.